0: Thank you for downloading or streaming this message from Emmanuel Church. We are one church with multiple locations, and we believe God wants to bless you right where you are. In a few moments, you're gonna hear some practical teaching from God's word that I believe will be inspiring and relevant to your life. First, though, if you haven't yet experienced Emanuel Live, we encourage you to go to our website, eclife.org, to check out our service times and locations so that you can experience Emanuel in person or through our online campus. If this message blesses you and you'd like to support the ministry financially, again, you can go to eclife.org and click on the Giving tab and choose Online Campus at your campus. Thanks again for joining us today. and We hope this message will be an encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. Well, oh, good morning. Good morning, everybody. How is everybody doing? Yes, across all of our campuses. Yes, how's everybody doing? I want to welcome everybody who's new. Can we give it up for everybody who's new? Seriously, across all of our campuses, Banta, Franklin, Garfield Park, online, right here at Greenwood. If you've been here five years too, 10 years, give it up for yourself. We're glad that you're here. Okay, yeah, you can clap for yourself. You've been here a while. We love it. We love that everybody's here, all right? My name is Aaron Beasley. I am the Emmanuel Church of Campus Pastor, if you do not know who I am, and we are in this series called The Unknowns. This is actually the last week of the series, and what this series has all been about is that you don't need to be famous to make a difference, that God uses everyday people all the time. Actually, he uses everyday people every single minute of every single hour across all of the world, and this is what this series has been about. And so, I just want to give some unknowns here that you probably don't know who these people are. Maybe you do. If you do, congratulations. Is first this guy right here, Niels Bowen? Does anybody know who this guy is? He created the three-point seatbelt. That's right. The seatbelt that we now have, he created it. This guy has saved over thousands, tens of thousands, if not millions of lives based off the invention that he made. How about this guy, Henry Dunant? Does anybody know this? No, this is an old guy right here, okay? He actually started... The the Geneva Convention, which what he saw during war was that people were dying from infections and being wounded. And so he got all these countries together and made a pact that if somebody had a red cross on them, they were kind of off limits so that they could tend to the wounded and help the wounded during war, which actually led to him creating the Red Cross, which has saved millions of lives. And this guy right here, James Harrison... James Harrison, this guy, you you definitely probably don't know who this guy, he's an Australian, and he actually has a special type of blood that has antibodies in it that helps pregnant women who have rhesus disease. He's actually saved unborn children and uh, and pregnant women because he's donated his blood over 1,100 times to combat this disease. Isn't that crazy? These are just all unknown people that you don't know. They, they saved thousands, tens of thousands, millions of lives. And today I get to bring to you two people that you probably don't know who they are. You probably cheated if you looked in your notes, but you probably don't know who these are. Their names are Shipporah and Pua, and they were two unknowns. They were two Hebrew midwives, and if you don't know what a midwife is, is it someone who helps deliver a baby, but they saved thousands of lives, and we'll get to that in a minute, because they feared God. You know we're called to fear God. And here's what's so great about me talking about two women. I know I shared a bunch of men on there just a minute ago. But here's what I believe is that whether you're a woman, a man, whatever your skin color is, whatever your nationality is, whatever your social and economic status is, whatever that is, none of that matters in the kingdom of God. Because when we fear him, he uses us. He uses us. That's why all over scripture, you'll see everything start with fear of the Lord. Like in Proverbs nine ten it says this, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Or Proverbs 14, 27 says this, the fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape from the snares of death. Or even Jesus in Matthew 10 says this, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, that may seem like what I'm talking today. If you're new at church, or maybe it was hard for you to watch online or come today because you felt like God was going to smite you, okay? It's not what we're talking about when we say fear. Even in this verse, this is not what God's talking about. This is not the fear that he's talking about. He's talking about this type of fear. When we say fear the Lord, it means admiration, Honor, who you give most authority over to your life, who you define yourself as, how you obey, like what causes you to move and the actions that you do. Some of us, we fear ourselves. We have the most admiration and honor for ourselves. And so everything that we think about ourselves is that how we move. Money can do that. Money, you can fear money. And all of your decisions can be based off that. God says, fear of the Lord. Like, honor me. Give me the most admiration. Let that be how you choose to act in your life. But see, the issue is, is that many of us today live in the fear of man. Like we live in the fear of man. Like we give most admiration and honor to all the people around us. And that causes us to choose our actions, how we behave. Let me give you an example of how this is true in my life. Because I do it all the time. I do it all the time. Uh, So, when I first spoke here, on this stage for the first time, what you don't know is there's like air conditioning units that are going, and sometimes when I move, it kind of blows on you and all that stuff, so I wore a light-colored shirt. Well, when I wore that light-colored shirt, uh, someone at another campus zoomed in and took a picture of my chest area because some things were poking out, okay? (laughs) Maybe you can decipher what those were. And they zoomed in, and it was like this big group chat. You know, everybody was joking around. Some of you right now are looking at me. Stop looking at me, okay? (laughs) Stop it. All right? And so I live in the fear of man all the time when I speak based off what I wear. It's why I wear dark-colored shirts now. You maybe didn't know that, but now you do. I'm wearing dark-colored shirts. There's a purpose behind that. Because I live in the fear of man. I know that some of you, you're gonna get distracted and lose what I'm saying. I live in the fear of man based off what my voice sounds like. Like some people are listening to the podcast maybe later on this week and they're like, I can't stand that person's voice, right? And so they stop listening. You live in the fear of man. Many of you do it too. With the clothes you wore, many of you today changed your clothes 17 times before you came to church because we live in the fear of man. It's who, where we put our most honor to. That's why people are famous, by the way. You know why people are famous? Because we give the most honor to these people and what they do. See, the fear of man is so powerful because in the end, we have something to lose. Like, you know, you, like, let me give you an example. I, had, I could lose influence based off the clothes that I wear. I know some people. That happens. You could lose influence from people based off what you wear or what you say. In today's culture especially. You can be canceled for saying the wrong thing. How about this? You could lose a relationship. Like, you know God says that sex before marriage is not okay, but you don't want to lose this person you've been dating for a while because you think they're a nice person and you've been single for a while. And so instead of fearing God and what he says, you fear man. How about, how about this one? You could lose money or a job because what you're seeing is the boss is kind of not doing things the right way, and you don't want to stand up because, you know, you have a good job, and you don't want to say, like, hey, that's wrong to kind of mix the books up that way and stuff, and so you don't say anything. So you could lose a job if you stand up for the right things. Family members, high school students, middle school students, you could lose influence with people. You don't want to stand up for God, so you make fun of that person, or you say things you know you shouldn't say in the hallways at school because nobody's there but your friends. See, the fear of man is powerful because we have something to lose. People in other nations lose their lives for standing for Jesus. You could even lose your life. That's why the fear of man is powerful. And this is sets up our story today with Shippurah I told you they were Hebrew midwives who helped deliver babies. and What happens is is that Joseph and the Israelites, they actually were planted in Egypt because Joseph was sold into slavery. Well, Joseph actually told the king of Egypt about a famine that was coming, which led to Joseph becoming the second highest powerful person in the nation. And then the Israelites, he moved all of his family there, and then they lived there, and they were growing and multiplying. But, you know, over time, people forget about history. And forget about what people did for them in the past or the mistakes of the past. And this is where we pick up our story today right here. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't and if war breaks out. By the way, can you see how the king of Pharaoh is living in the fear of man? Oh, man, we can't let these people become more powerful. It's, I'm going to lose my kingship. And what will the rest of the world think? And what will happen? And if, if, how many of us make decisions off if statements? And sometimes they're really wrong decisions like this. They'll join our enemies and fight against us. So what does he do? They'll escape from the country. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down. With crushing labor, they forced them to build the cities of Pithma and Ramses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. Uh-oh, the plan's not working. The Israelites are still growing. And Pharaoh still has that fear of man in his mind. If, if, if. So, so Pharaoh gets Shipporah and Pua. He calls them in. And he knows that they're the head midwives, by the way. It's important to understand this. See, Shipporah and Puah were the best midwives because they probably didn't have a family of their own. So they could devote all their time to helping others give birth and, and helping these other midwives who are also doing this work. And so Pharaoh knows, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to call these midwives in. And this is what he says. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shipporah and Pua. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. And if it's a girl, let her live. Like, so here's what he wants to have happen. A lot of times in ancient cultures, how they gave birth was the midwives gave birth, they took the child away, they cleaned the child up, they did all. In Egyptian cultures, what they would do, especially in royalty, is the midwives would take the child and they would even raise the child for a while. The Egyptians would just have nothing to do with it. So he knows that here's what I want you to do take the baby away from the mom. And if it's a boy in the room or wherever you take him, kill him. The mom won't even know. And if it's a girl, let her live. He's asking them to commit genocide in secret. Because he knows if he makes this command right now, it's probably going to cause a problem. So let's see if I can just take care of this in the quiet. And Pua, I want you to help me. And let's kill all the boys because... I'm worried about war, so if all the men come to age, they can reproduce and they can fight. So we need to get rid of the boys. He's doing short-term consequences, short-term secret genocide for long-term gains, he thinks, in his culture. So now Shippur and Pua, they have a choice. They have a choice. Fear God? Who? Life matters? Or fear man, which by the way, this isn't only some man that you know has come, it's the king of one of the most powerful nations of the world at that time. So they know they have something to lose. At best, they lose their job, at worst, they lose their life. That's their choice, and here's their response but because The midwives feared God because they gave the most honor and admiration, and that is how their lives were moved. That's where their actions sprung from. They refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too, so the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why have you done this? He demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? And I love their response. I love their response because I just want to say something. This is a side note. For for whatever reason, I think that when we fear God or you try to honor God in our culture today, in our world today, it make, people try to make us seem like we're stupid, that we're not intelligent, that it's not an intelligent thing to fear God. Well, I want to let you know that just because you fear God doesn't mean you can't be smart. They give a very smart response here. By the way, God created our brains God created us. As our pastor has said before, Jesus who walked the earth was probably the smartest person to ever live because he was God. By the way, God created science. God likes science, just so everybody knows. So here's, here's, what, here's what the Hebrew women say. Well, the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They're more vigorous and have their babies so quickly. Here's why this is important. I Remember, the Egyptians, they, they would be hands-off the Egyptian women were more hands-off in the birth and even raising their kids. So they give a response that Pharaoh would know. They're more vigorous and they have their babies so quickly we can't even get there in time. We get there and they're, they're already held in the baby boy in their arms. What can we do? Now they know that they don't know how Pharaoh's gonna respond to this. He could still kill them. But they give him a response that makes sense and also still honors God. Oh, I love it. Because they chose to give the most admiration and honor to God instead of man. Even though they knew they could lose something. So then the question becomes this. If most of us live in the fear of man, whether that's with our clothes, or our decisions, or whatever, what happens when we fear God more than man? What happens when we fear God more than man, like Shipporah and Pua, who are just average day Hebrew midwives trying to do their job? Number one, others are saved. Can I tell you that today? Others are saved when you fear God more than man. In Exodus, Exodus one twenty, it says this. So God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. Thousands, if not tens of thousands of Israelites' babies were saved because they feared God more than man. Like, let me show you how this works in our life and how others are saved. You know, our church is all about being on a relentless pursuit for people. Loving people, telling them about Jesus, like, sharing them about Jesus, inviting them to church. But, see, if you live in the fear of man, what happens is you go, well, I don't want people to think I'm weird. I don't want to invite them. I don't want them to think, like, I'm all about Jesus all the time. I don't want to invite them to church. I don't want to tell them about the gospel. And so, we don't say anything. But... What happens if you do say something and, yeah, maybe four people think you're weird, but what happens if one person comes to church or hears the gospel and their life has changed because you decided to share the gospel, even though it could cost you a relationship? It could make people think that you're weird. In other countries, it could cause you to lose your life. How about this one? Now, this one I'm going to say And I think this is a world problem, by the way. This is just not our culture. This is not just a problem that has happened in our culture today. It's been around forever. But I've seen it in Nicaragua. I've seen it in Haiti. I've seen it in America. And I promise you this. This is not going to get me reelected. I'm not running for office, by the way, so I don't care. But here's what I think would solve a lot of the world's problems and America's problems and all that. Just this one thing. If we fear God more than man and what people's opinions were. Okay? So I'm going to say it, and it's this. It's this. You haven't heard me say it yet. You may not like it. Is <laughs> this? Stop having sex with people that you're not in a committed married relationship to. Look. Look, you know what the fear of man says? You know what the fear of man says today? The fear of man says this. That's an old school law that you don't understand, or I've been married before, or you don't understand what today's world's like, or it's easier to live together because we save money, or fill in the blank. Whatever the thing is, that's the fear of man. See, the fear of God says, wait. You know why he says that? Like, Here's how others are saved, by just this one decision alone. People stop growing up without Parents in the house. Think about that by itself. How about this? People stop getting divorced when someone commits adultery. There's not trauma in the house. There's not pain in the house. How about this? you think porn would be a billion dollar industry? It's even more than that. I don't even know the official numbers. Do you think it would be that big of a deal if people could control themselves when it comes to keeping our stuff in our pants? Do do you see how others are saved? No, please hear me today. I know we all make mistakes. I've made mistakes. I know there's grace and mercy. Our church is all about grace and mercy, okay? So I'm not trying to shame people if you've made mistakes. It's not what I'm trying to do today. What I'm trying to say is, is the fear of man is, have sex, have pleasure, do what you want. The fear of God is, wait, wait. There's a reason I have you wait. Well, some people are like, well, I've been in a committed relationship for a long time. Do you know how many people I've had to counsel because they've been in a committed relationship without married and then the other person leaves? Like, think about how others are saved by this one thing alone, by fearing God more than man. You know, I love this quote by an unknown author. I don't know what it says. Your obedience or your fear of God, like, because when you give God the most honor, admiration... Listen, your, your life is changed. You obey what God says is an answer to someone's prayer. Like, how, you don't want to know how others are saved? How about this one? Um, God asks us to give because he's given us everything. You know, at our church right now, 35% of our church are regular givers. 35%. That means 65% give like once every five months or so or don't give at all. Think about that for a minute. I'm not even talking about how much you give. I'm just talking about just giving something. Look what we just did with Columbia. We we built two roads for people. What could God do if over 100% of people chose to give? But you know what? It sounds crazy to give to God. It sounds crazy to give some of your money. I understand that. Trust me, I was in that place. How many other people could be saved if we just feared God more than money, more than man, more than what people thought about it. it we could be like Pua. Number two, what happens when we fear God more than man? I, you always have something to gain. You know, I said that the reason why the fear of man is so powerful is because you have something to lose. Can I tell you today, in the kingdom of God, when you fear him, you always have something to lose. To gain. In Exodus 121, we pick it up. This is what happens. I told you that Shiphrah and Pua couldn't have families of their own, and because the midwives fear God, he gave them families of their own. Now, this is not a prosperity gospel talk, by the way. I'm not saying, well, if you give to the church, if you give $10 to the church, God's going to give you a thousand dollars. No, I'm not going to say that. Right? <laughs> like, we don't preach that here. We don't think that here. Here's here's what I mean by there's always something to gain. Even if you lose your life because you fear God, you'll be in eternity with God forever. You have something to gain. You could stand up for Hebrew unborn children and God could give you a family of your own. Like, Like today, I know there's some ladies probably in here that are struggling with fertility issues. Can I tell you? I want to tell you today. Keep fearing God. You don't know how God could bless you with a family of your own. He could bless you in ways that you never thought possible because there's always something in game. Single people, don't lower your standards. You don't know the man or woman that God could give you if you just were patient and you held to the standards of God, if you feared God more than man. And I promise you this, if even God calls you to be single your whole life, I promise you the crowns that God will give you for staying faithful doesn't even compare to the things you can give in this world. I promise. How do I know this? Because I was a college kid. And, you know, giving to God was like, eh, I'm a poor college kid. I mean, you know, I'll give to God when I can. And I remember it was my junior year going into my senior year. It was the summer. And I was gonna move off campus because it was cheaper And I also had a job that was off campus. So I needed a car for the first three years in college. I didn't have a car. I just, you know, walked around everywhere and made it work. So I needed a car. And I knew that I needed to get a real job to make money to buy a car. But God was calling me to go to a summer camp, which if you don't know much about summer camp is you work 24 hours a day because kids are spending the night and then when they're not spending the night and they leave, you have to like clean everything up I factored in that the amount of money that I would make that summer if I chose to work at the summer camp was 36 cents an hour. (laughs) And I still had to raise some of my own support to get there. And so some people are like, dude, you need to get a real job. See the fear of man. You need to save money. You need to buy a car. But God's saying, I need you to pour into the life of students because of how I've made you, Aaron. I need you to do this. And so I chose to work at the camp. And I'm like, well, if I don't get a car, I guess I'll walk to the place I need to or I'll bum rides, whatever God wants. I got a call two weeks before summer camp and It was my mom. She said, Aaron. It's like, what's up, mom? She's like, I wanted to let you know something. You know, your grandma was searching through the ads and she saw that there was this 2007 Hyundai Elantra that only had 12,000 miles on it for $7,000. And she goes, it's so cheap because a tree fell on the top of the car (laughs) and a guy bought it for dirt cheap and he fixed it all up to where you can't even tell. And so because you've gotten good grades over the years, because you've done what God's asked you, we wanna give you an early college graduation gift our family is all gonna chip in and buy you a car. And you only have to pay $1,000. And you know how much money I made that summer? 1,500 bucks. God gave me 500 bucks for gas money, baby. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's right. So I'm gonna tell you today what is God asking you to fear him? So that you can gain a blessing that God has for you. Look, I'm gonna tell you right now, I wear these dark colored clothes now, but even if I wore a light colored shirt, maybe you guys would just have to deal with it. See, here's a picture of me at camp. That's right, I censored it. <laughs> I censored it for you guys. I was still kinda, of, my, my hair was fading back then, unfortunately. I love what Craig Rochelle says about this. He says this: I believe Christians often often perceive obedience or the fear of God At, to God as some test designed to just see if we're really committed to Him. Like I think many of us live our life like God is a teacher or some principal, and He's watching us, and He's like, I wonder if they'll turn the assignment in on time today. I wonder if they'll do that. Mm-hmm. When really, but what if it's designed like the fear of God, our obedience, who we give the most honor to as God's way of giving us what's best for us? Like what happens if there's blessings upon blessings that God wants to give you, but he's waiting for you to fear him like Shipporah and Pua? Shippera, you think God would have gave them families of their own had Chipura and Pua disobeyed Pharaoh? I don't think so. I really don't. Like, how about this? Well, I could lose a friend if I stand up for the gospel or stand up for the right. Here's what I just believe. God will give you three better friends. I just believe it. Well, I don't know if we can afford giving just a little bit to the church. I just believe that God will bless you in ways you never thought possible. It may not be money. It may be health. It may be some promotion. It it could be something that you've been praying for for a long time. Just, just here's what I promise you. See what God will do when you fear him more than men. Try it. Be a shipper on Pua. They were midwives. None of us have to be famous. By the way, too many of us rely on what famous people say about things. Why do I care? Have you seen most famous people's lives? It's all jacked up. There's not peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness in their life. I don't want that. That's what I want. How do I gain that? I gain that from the fear of God that I could even look at the king of Egypt and say, I will not commit genocide because life matters to God. And even if you kill me, I will have a peace in my heart that knows that God will protect me even in death. That's why James, the brother of Jesus, says this. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Like, do you know the brother of Jesus knows that in this world, like, men are going to fight against you and try to say that the way you live is crazy? You're going to have testing and temptation. But afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Who fear him? I believe this. I know this is true. That was shipura and Pua. And I pray all of us can become a shipura and Pua. So my question for us today is this. Will you fear God more than man? You get to decide. And one of the first ways that you can choose to fear God more than man is actually trusting him you know what's crazy about jesus is that jesus came to live the life that you and i couldn't you know i still live in the fear of man in many ways in my life i'm not perfect i know every single person watching online across our campuses right here in greenwood none of you are perfect. you make mistakes that's okay you have probably feared man more than god on many of occasions so have i but god understood that this would be our issue And so he sent Jesus to live the life that you and I couldn't. And then he rose again, and he lives. And you know how I know this to be true, because James, the brother of Jesus, the 11 disciples who were Jesus, do you know every single one of them except for one died a martyr's death? They all died with people persecuting them. Why would they do that? I wouldn't do that unless I knew something, that Jesus rose from the grave. That's why they didn't live in the fear of man anymore. They didn't live in the fear of man anymore because God had already conquered that fear. I don't have to give the most honor to men and people. I give the most honor to God. And so they gave their lives for the gospel. And today, many of us, maybe we haven't made the decision to give our lives over to Jesus. Jesus. And I want to give you the opportunity to do that today. It's not some magic formula. It's not if I say this prayer, then everything's good. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's, it's the motive and the heart behind it. It's, it's this thought that god i need to give you the most honor i don't need to give myself the most honor other people the most honor i need to give you the most honor because you have risen from the grave you lived the life that i couldn't so i want to give everybody that opportunity today and you could say something like this to god it's not the prayer it's the heart. And so you can repeat after me, you can say it in your own way to God, but you can say this God, I haven't feared you more than man. I haven't honored you like I should have. Instead, I've lived life my own way or the way that others thought I should live. But today, I'm trusting. In your name i'm trusting in what you did for me jesus and so god i'm giving my life to you i'm trusting that you died on a cross for me and that you rose again to conquer sin and death so that even if my life was taken from me you hold my hand my life in your hand my soul As you said, don't fear only those who can kill your body. Fear God who can kill your body and soul. Give the most honor to me. And so today I'm giving the most honor to you, Jesus, to your kingdom, so that little by little you can change my life and make me more like you, that I can bring your kingdom to this earth even right now, like Shipporah and Pua did. That's how I want to live my life thank you jesus in jesus name amen and if you said that today as a church we want to we just want to give it up come on across all of our campuses online in your jammies come on and we have something for you we've got this thing called a saved box it's got a bible in it it's got a mug in it it's got your next steps in it so text the word saved it's a six five two four eight and we will send you one of these if you're online. If you're in one of our campuses, we ask that you fill out the form and then go to our information desk in any one of our campuses, and they will get you this box right now, right here after service. So again, text SAVE to 65248 if you've made that commitment. By the way, isn't that the best decision anybody can make? Come on, give it up, give it up everybody. It's changed my life, it's changed my life. And so today my challenge again is this, will you fear God more than man? I don't know what that is in your life. I don't know what the situation is, but I pray that as you leave, you allow the Holy Spirit and you allow God to move in your life so that you will fear God more than men like Shipporah and Pua. You join with me as we pray, and then we'll turn it over to our local teams. Let's pray. God, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you, God, that you are a God of mercy and grace when we mess this up. And God, we ask for your forgiveness. We know that your mercies are new every morning. But God, as we leave this place today, as we turn off our phones, our computers online, as we walk out our campus doors, will you help us live in the fear of you? Will you help us give you the most honor and admiration? Will you help us be defined, not by what other people say about us, but what you say about us, which then in turn leads to our obedience, which leads to our actions. So God, help us bring that today as we leave. Help us live differently than the rest of the world so the world can say, they're weird. Or I don't know what's wrong with them. And we can say, it's all right. We are weird. (laughs) It's because we love Jesus Christ. Let that be our response today. And we'll give you all the glory and all the praise for what you're gonna do. And all of God's people said in the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, we love you guys, see you later.